Welcome to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management, a show devoted to the ownership of physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. Our team has been helping people the world over since 2002 to purchase and own physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. And this is our 11th full year of The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Today in studio, as always, we have the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, Jeremy Wiseman, and myself, the Vice President of Sales and your host for today's show, Darren Long. And I will remind everybody before we get going that Guildhall representatives are not financial advisors or planners and that the past performance of gold, silver, or colored diamonds is not indicative of future performance. The number to call for an investment package or to get signed up for the Precious Metals newsletter, both of which are absolutely risk-free, is one eight seven seven eight silver or venture over to the website guildhallwealth.com. Now let's get talking about the incredible potential of all three of these hard assets and how you can protect your wealth by owning them today. Welcome, Jeremy. Another week, another opportunity for us to discuss the most favorite and most passionate things we have in our lives. That is the topics of physical gold, physical silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. And I can think of no better week than this to welcome our new clients, those that are brand new to Guildhall and open up accounts this week, congratulate them. And uh, really this week, a little bit of a show about a couple of different topics, but let's just jump in and get the ball rolling right away. Uh, we were talking before the show started about uh, gold and silver this week. And of course, we just had our seminar. If you're listening on Saturday and Sunday, a big one on Saturday. So by the time you hear this, that seminar will conclude itself. There's a lot of activity in the registered accounts right now. A lot of people thinking about getting gold and silver into their RSPs, their TFSAs. And we just had an announcement on the new limit for January, which is an additional $6,000 to TFSA. Well, this is going to be or has been one of the most uh, well-attended seminars. They're, they're growing and growing in popularity. And I think that's uh, partly because of the unique structure of the registered accounts that we've created where clients can actually hold their own physical product in their hand. And, uh, you know, building up to the seminar, we've had lots of discussions in the office about um, you know, new approaches to the seminars and things like that. And just, um, you know, thinking about past, uh, past talks that we've had. And, um, one thing that we realized was that there's a lot less people concerned about gold itself in the markets because gold is, is the anchor gold is trust and gold provides the confidence that a lot of people don't have in the markets these days because you know as we know the stock market has been going strong for a very long time they say the that the US will never hit a recession ever again the stock market can never come down ever again real estate prices could never come down ever again and of course uh, i think uh, i think greenspan was the one who said you don't know a bubble until it's burst so that's that's sort of the feel out there and I think people are moving towards gold because they have big concerns about the risks in the market. And it's not just individual investors, but it's also central banks. Last week, Darren, we talked about Serbia adding to its central bank portfolio and gold reserves. And this week, the report that came out was that Poland repatriated uh, 100 tons of gold from the Bank of England. And that was reported through Bloomberg. And uh, what was interesting about the article is the article, which I'm going to quote right here, not from the 
not from the central bank governor, Adam Klepinski from Poland, but actually just the writer of the article itself. They said, quote, central banks have been adding to reserves as economic growth slows, trade and geopolitical tensions rise, and authorities seek to diversify away from the dollar. Now, uh, Kaplinski, who again is the governor, um, the central bank governor of Poland, now the, the 22nd largest bullion holder in the world, said gold symbolizes the strength of the country. And that's something we've heard before, this idea that gold uh, creates the autonomy in a country, that uh, they, they have their own future path and they're not uh, they're separated from other people so there's an independence that comes along with gold and you see other central banks buying gold again one part because it's defensive and one part because they're looking for autonomy well if you'd like a free investor kit to find out more about gold and how to create and generate your own wealth as well as protect it call the number one eight seven seven eight silver go over to guildhallwealth.com now jeremy on that point about poland they're not the first country to engage in the repatriation of their gold and we know gold is wealth it equals wealth culturally speaking this is found all over the world and those that own gold country central banks that is Typically, they don't just stop at one purchase. They go towards adding and adding and adding. And in previous shows, we've discussed the importance of understanding why areas in the world like China and Russia and Serbia and other countries around the world, Germany and Venezuela has had a heck of a time, obviously, with their financial crisis in all of these countries, all coming to the conclusion they need more gold reserves. Why in the span of 30 seconds is that so important to these countries beyond just the fact that it gold equals wealth? Well, I think in some countries like China, Russia, they're looking for a way to diversify away from the dollar and hedge against the dollar. Other countries are looking for ways to boost reserves because if there's an economic slowdown across the globe, trade issues, tensions of that sort, again, they need some sort of collateral and that's not going to come from a loan from the United States. So they need that sovereignty. They need that financial asset. And we know that now gold is a tier one asset. So there's several reasons why they're doing it. Dollar diversification, hedging against the dollar devaluation, hedging against uh, the the risks that we talk about, and uh, it it varies from country to country, but it does come down to gold being the anchor. All right, gold is wealth, gold is insurance, gold is the growth that you may need in order to stay afloat in this uncertain times. If you want to get some gold into your portfolio, call the number one eight seven seven eight silver. We'll give you a free package of information about ownership of gold and silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. You can speak directly with an associate at Guildhall or you can go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com, and that will give you a ton of information in a way to easily also ask for that free package of information. It's something everyone should have now. When we come back, Jim, we're going to talk about uh, a possible silver shortage. And our experience is more recently with what's been going on, logistically speaking, with the potential of shortage or shortfalls in silver. And also a little bit more about buying on the dips, what we can expect moving forwards. This seasonally is a very strong time of year for gold and silver. And coming into the new year, we'll touch base a little more on the TFSA changes. 
Games. So that and much, much more, including finally the update on the Argyle Mine. The press release has been let out, and we're going to talk a little bit about the results of the tender. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver or the website, guildhallwealth.com. Use those both if you'd like to get the free information package. We'll send it right to you via your inbox or to your address. Now, Jeremy, in the first segment, we talked a little bit about that word repatriation. And it, for me, always raises a very simple question that if you look into this, you ask yourself, why are central banks not telling the whole world, all their citizens, to buy gold? Now, there is one instance where that is happening in China. That happens on a regular basis. But I feel somewhat confused sometimes because central banks, they abandoned the gold standard. They declared gold to be somewhat of a, a, a relic, if you will. You can't live in it type of thing, can't eat it. And uh, quite frankly, it is confusing for some people as to why central banks would be buying but yet, when you go to a bank, they don't want to talk about it. Oh, well, we have an alternative. It's a paper alternative, an ETF, or we have some other fund or something of that nature. Tell me a little more about your experience with that and how this can help you know our listeners understand physical is the best. That's true. There's this. There's a. There's a do as I say, not as I do mm-hmm. kind of attitude of well, we're going to accumulate gold, but uh, we don't want you to do it, and uh, they. At least in North America, they want you to be part of the fiat system. Um, Now there's a war on savers because interest rates are going lower and lower. And central banks view view you taking risks as a result of that as an unintended consequence of them saving themselves. Right? Central bankers, in my view, aren't out to help the help the people. They're there to help them themselves, and they're so far removed from reality. And they sit, they sit there and say that uh, gold is a barbarous relic. They want everyone to be on the fiat system, and that's all based on trust. And the question is, how long can that trust last? It's done a pretty good job, but you can see that these central banks around the world are saying we're not trusting it anymore. And Yes, once it was con- gold was once considered a barbarous relic, but we're seeing more and more people are looking at gold and saying, no, no, it's probably the only thing we can trust. So the question will become, how long do fiat, fiat currencies last? And they do have a record of not lasting more than tip- the typical, I think, is 100 years. Some have been a little older, like uh, the British pound. I think the sterling was long. I think uh, some of the European countries, and because they switched over to the euro, they were some of the longest standing fiat currencies. But they, they do have a lifespan. Now, gold, on the other hand, has lasted thousands of years, and that's where the trust comes in. There's a limited supply, uh, those sorts of things. It, uh, once it's pulled out of the ground, the energy of it is stored. That's why it is a store of value. Um, even money has to be brought out of circulation they have to spend the money to bring it out of circulation, spend the money to reprint it. Um, you know, if we get it back a coin, for instance, a 2015 silver maple, that actually in many cases goes back to the Royal Canadian Mint and they melt it down and produce the 2020s. The cost for that is very minimal. So there's a lot of advantages to physical gold, the number one being that it is, tr- it is trustworthy. And when fiat currencies, you can't trust a 
let's put it this way. You can't trust a central banker to not hit the print button. They don't have the discipline to not hit the print button. And gold has that inherent discipline. And so the fiat currencies will devalue over time. And we show everyone a chart here at Guildhall. All of the major currencies and how gold is rising in all of them, which in effect is all of the, the fiat currencies are devaluing over time. So you need something that's going to protect that devaluation. And gold and silver have done exactly that, 9% a year on average for the last 15, 20 years. Well, that is something that is not known by the average person. And having you know, basically equipped our listeners with that education, now is the time for you as a listener to get into gold and silver. I believe that the future for both gold and silver are very bright. I believe that that average of 9% uh, for each of the metals since 2004 is going to hold true for the next 20, 30, 50, 100 years, and then some. And I believe that this is a lifelong endeavor, something you can put into your portfolio and from time to time sell, buy back, sell, buy back, but you never have to day trade. It's the beauty of holding physical. You're going to get your opportunities. You can grow your wealth that way. Now, oh, I, I totally agree. Now, did, I'm not sure if you saw that article this week that J.P. Morgan, um, sorry, Goldman Sachs says gold's going to go over $1,600 in 2020. Um, what do you, what's your take? Do you think they're under... Uh, underselling that one? Do you think it can go much higher than that? Well, I think not only are they underestimating it, but when we come back from this break, I'll tell you what my thoughts are on where the price is going and why. And also with silver, how a shortage is going to contribute to much higher prices in the coming months. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver Get yourself a package. Learn about how to put physical gold silver in your tfsa buy and sell by phone call storage is simple have it segregated go and hold on to your metal you can take it home you can shop online there are lots of options with guildhall we want you to know about them all go over to the website guildhallwealth.com and when we come back more on both gold and silver you are tuned into the real money show with guildhall wealth management on global news radio 640 toronto once again, welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. With me today, Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And a reminder, our team has actually been helping people get into the gold and silver market since 2002, Jeremy, on air for our 11th year. And as of December, I'm about to celebrate my 15th year at Guildhall, and I'm very excited. Before we went to break, we were touching on something that I have talked about ad nausea at some points and other times very very pertinent information comes to light but something that the greater mainstream media even in the bullion world very rarely talks about and that is the reality of a shortage in gold and silver yeah we see shortages on the wholesale side for bullion all the time right now we're seeing that in a lot of the royal canadian mint product actually 10 ounce bars 100 ounce bars uh, I think we're doing okay with silver maples, but uh, there's definitely a management of physical product by the wholesalers out there and retailers. Um, where do you see the shortages coming going forward in different industries? Well, again, that's identifying a difference between this bull market since 2002 versus the one of the 70s in which the demand for silver from an industrial standpoint was next to none. You really only had a 
small group of areas where you had silverware, you had photography, which was basically the largest industrial usage of silver in the world, and a few minor ones that at that point were creeping in, electronically speaking, and then you had your traditionals, coin ownership, and then implied net demand for whatever other forms and bars and things that people could own silver in. But if we fast forward to 2019, Jeremy, the list of usages and where silver is used, like our our, uh, colleagues have always said, the analysts of the world, from Schiff to Morgan to Butler, you can't live in this day and age without using silver every day. It's in all the cell phones we have. It's in all the technology we have, every TV, the switches on the wall, the cars we drive, the washing machines, the all of the different cooking things that we use, the elements. It's silver is everywhere. Clothing, in water supplies, solar technology, batteries. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And really, that really adds to that argument. When will we see this shortage? And like you said, from a wholesale perspective, we have a unique picture. And that's why if you are thinking of buying and owning gold and silver, you'd want to be with Guildhall because we actually are hands-on. We get the first crack at knowing what is actually moving in a truck, on a skid, where it's parked, in a vault, what it looks like, and how that all happens when it comes from the mint to the retailers, to the suppliers, to the coin dealers, and how all the back end works. And as you said, the truth is they don't want to talk about the dirty little secret in the background, which is the fact that we are now starting to experience delays. They call it rationing. But the truth is that there is a shortage coming on, and uh, we don't do it enough justice because this is, in part, what is going to lead to the silver price acting just like palladium and going skyrocketing through the moon. We have green everything now, and so, of course, palladium is experiencing a renaissance, but you're taking a major risk buying palladium at these prices because it's a very small market. But in silver, a much larger market at $17 an ounce, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who said that silver was overvalued right now. I mean, I think that's one of the things that that is attracting investors to precious metals is that they can clearly see how undervalued they are. And also, people who have been accumulating gold and silver over the last several years are certainly not going to look to sell if the price of silver goes up a few dollars from here. They're looking for much, much higher prices. So for the bullion to get back into the market to help bring prices back down or to be used in things like solar power, et cetera, the prices are going to have to go much, much higher for investors to to let go of that. That's just sort of the economics of it in, in terms of the price is so low, so people are able to buy so much more of it, which puts even more pressure on the on the supply chain. But you know, you know that <clears throat> with silver specifically, because it has that two it sort of has a two-factor aspect of the investment. One is it's a physical hard asset like gold. It's a store of wealth. And then on the other hand, it's part of all these different industries. And it comes down to two factors there. The one is it it naturally absorbs bacteria. So you can use it in, in a plethora of medical usages, right? It's, it's in things like Brita filters to stop algae growing in your water filter, things like that. Or putting um, the antibacterial, as you mentioned, in the clothing so it absorbs bacteria so your, your gym clothes don't smell. And then there's the electronic side of its conductivity side of it, right? And even though the electronics might be getting smaller, the usages are constantly growing. 
And so there's this uh, dual demand there for, for silver, and it's so undervalued right now. You can see the pressure building up in the market. And that's why, and it's not new to history. When it comes to the silver market, it can, it can look like it's going nowhere for a while, and then boom, you get 70 80% gains in a single year. All right, well, let's talk about an article called Here's How Silver Prices Could Soar to $50 an Ounce. Mosey from the Lombardi Letter, a very popular letter dealing with all facets of the marketplace. We'll do that when we come back, and he's going to talk a little bit about the shortage of silver also, and uh, we'll stay on topic there. Lots more to come in The Real Money Show to get a package, free information to find out more about owning gold and silver call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go to the website guildhallwealth.com remember if you're opening up a registered account and putting gold into your tfsa rsp lift riff any type of registered account you will qualify for one gram of free gold for every five thousand us you put into that account up to a maximum of 10 grams our way of welcoming you to the market and saying thank you for coming aboard We'll have a lot more to talk about when the show returns, so please stay tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Let's get back to talking about gold and silver, Jeremy, but before we do, the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver That'll get your free package, free information about gold and silver ownership or the website guildhallwealth.com before we went to break we mentioned an article it's called here's how silver prices could soar to fifty dollars an ounce it's from the lombardi letter the author mo z and we've brought in other material from from mo time and time again from the lombardi letter they've been on point it's been stuff that we can trust that we've gone to in this particular one he is talking about the topic of shortages And I will quote from the letter as he starts this off in a very, very emphatic way of saying, cutting to the chase, the price of silver could skyrocket. I can't stress this enough. Ignoring the grade precious metal could be a big mistake. Great fortunes could be made from silver in the coming years. The grade precious metal trades around $17 an ounce now, but in the next few years, we could be looking at silver prices well beyond $50 an ounce. And he's going to tell us why he believes that. And this article is about shortages. And as we were talking, we're experiencing them ourselves. There are certain products we can no longer get right now at the tail end of this year because the focus is on taking what little silver there is and preparing all the mandatory programs, especially the American Eagle in the U.S. Here we have the Silver Maple in Canada, preparing the front end of those programs to release the new 2020 versions. So recycling programs are going crazy right now trying to find silver. Silver, the primary mining objectives of all of the small miners that produce and give to the mints, they're going crazy trying to find more product. And here's an article talking specifically about why this is going to be a growing pain for the industry. And in it, he says, don't be shocked if in the coming years, the silver market sees something very similar to what happened in the palladium market this year. This could send silver prices soaring in no time. And here's what you need to know. Consider this. Every year between 2013 and 2018, the silver market has had a deficit. This is when demand is much higher than supply. This is according to the Silver Institute's last report and the years before that. In 2019, the article goes on to say the struggle in the silver supply side has remained. 
Production hasn't seen a robust increase. Meanwhile, the demand has been rising. If you look only in mint sales, and let's talk about this because it's one of our big sellers, and this is in the U.S., in the first 10 months of the U.S., the mint sold 14.4 million ounces of silver American Eagle coins. That's 14.4 million coins. In the same period, up to last year, year over year, that's a 6.6% increase. So the demand is rising. They're listening to the idea that you must protect your wealth. It's a common coin. It's one of the most favorite around the world. That and the maple, the two most popular. And you're seeing those increases impact the supply side heavily. In addition to that, we've been through this before. When premiums were way wider than what the paper price was in 2008. And to say that might happen again, some might agree with us that that is just around the corner. And that will also contribute to that price of silver going much, much higher. The the history of silver is one of explosive prices. It had an explosion in the late 60s. It had an explosion in uh, the late 70s. We had an explosion in um, the 2000s, around 2010-11. We went from like 17 to $50 an ounce. Uh, there was an article out recently, an interview on King World News with Dr. Stephen Lieb, and he was saying for solar power to have an impact, it's going to have to increase fivefold from where it is now. We talked last week about um, green energy increasing 50% in the next five years. So even if there's a slowdown in the economy, you're still going to have directives to build up the green energy. And silver is so integral to that, whether it's battery power, solar power, uh, those sorts of things. So it's a depleting resource. I think that um, this could definitely be a twofold path in your portfolio of protecting wealth, but also the fact that it's a resource that we're losing constantly and we're in deficit, as you talked about. So uh, lots of reasons to look at the silver market. You can get our newsletter, which will show you weekly articles about what's happening in the silver market. I'm glad we had a chance today to talk about some of the shortages in the market because it's it's been a while and it's a very important topic for our listeners. Well, if I told you that your house, which you paid $400,000 for, not you, Jeremy, our listener, you paid $400,000 for would be worth 800000 a year, five years, six years from now, would you have bought two of them? Knowing that what you know now is true. The real estate market was very explosive and has been very explosive. If you know that silver at $17 an ounce, less than so many things, we need a case of beer is more than an ounce of silver, a nice ball of wine, more than an ounce of silver. And at $17 an ounce, this is something you could be accumulating on an ongoing basis. Let's talk about the Monthly Buyers Club when we come back. That's one thing we don't touch on a lot. And much, much more to go on the Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. In addition to that, coming up, a report out, the first of its kind since the tender has happened on the Argyle Mind. And we're going to talk a little bit about that PR and what they said about the tender in general. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. The number to call 1-877-8-SILVER or the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, in that last segment, we talked about the possibility of silver reaching $50 an ounce. And you asked me earlier in the show about gold. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't also give some feedback on what our thoughts are with gold because one follows the other. And in fact, it's silver that follows gold. If silver reaches $50 an ounce, which I believe it's more than capable of doing, and I will go as far to say that the setup is perfect 
for silver to reach 50 before spring, but it's not a guarantee, then what happens in gold? My feeling is that if we return to $50 an ounce in silver, we more than likely exceed 1900 an ounce in gold. Well, I think that, uh, you know, silver can be explosive. There's no timeline on it per se, but we can see the shortages in the market. We know that, in my opinion, it could be it could be triple digits. It could be worth $150, $200 an ounce, and no one would really bat an eyelash about it or bat an eye about it. And uh, it would be very normal for that price to be there. So if you consider that, then, you, then you'd consider buying five times as much right now, right? That's what you were talking about in the last segment, about mm-hmm. if you knew that it could be trading at $100 an ounce, right? If you knew your house was going to be worth three times what it was a decade ago, would you have bought two houses? The answer is yes. So you have to understand value in order to to look at the price and say, this is really cheap. Some people would look at gold and say, oh, gold's expensive. Have you seen how much money they've printed in the last decade and a half? Against, uh, compared to the debts out there, which I think is, what, 150 trillion? Give or take. Something like that. If you look at, at the debts out there, you'd say, well, gold's actually relatively cheap compared to the debts. Then it, it's, cheap, it's cheaper it is, now sure. than than it was when it was trading at two hundred and fifty dollars an ounce. So, you know, I think gold is set set to continue higher. I think the headwinds on gold is probably the U.S. dollar, and and maybe the trade the trade talks. There's always going to be this batting back and forth, but under the noise of those currents is continued accumulation because the performance on gold is still there. Still, you know, this year we're up double digits. The the prior last five years we've been in the high singles, so it's beating inflation, and that's what you're looking for in an investment. You want to beat inflation. So that's a, one of the reasons why people love gold in the RSPs. But at some point, yes, silver is going to trigger. It's just going to it's just going to ratchet up higher, and you're going to sit there and say, "Whoa!" You know, you're either going to enjoy the ride, or you're going to say that was a missed opportunity. So I, I, that's that's what I see in the precious metals. So I don't worry about the price of silver day to day. I really don't worry about the price day to day. It's about accumulating on dips if if you know if the the emotions there to do it. Um, if you want to continue to add to a portfolio, and that's what makes the the monthly buyers a great program as well. Where every month you're just accumulating a little bit more into your portfolio. It's a great way to build wealth. So at Guildhall, you know people are buying precious metals in one aspect to protect wealth. You know maybe they've sold a home, maybe they've have built up an RSP, a lira. They don't like the performance of the of the mutual funds. They're looking to diverse uh, diversify away from these type of fiat assets um, or you know stocks that are positively correlated to the currency. They're looking to diversify just the way central banks are. And then there's other people who are building wealth for the first time. They're looking to build a savings account, build up some precious metals into the portfolio. And I think that's where the the, the monthly buyers pro- program comes into effect. What do a you simple think? program. If you're looking to start with 200 or more per month in spending, you can buy silver or gold. It can be a fixed amount that you want to spend or a fixed amount of bullion that you want to buy. Some clients want to buy 10 Maple Leaf coins every month. Some want to buy one ounce of gold every month. We can set that to be automated We can set that to be manual and give you the phone call on that day and get that purchase made. 
the choice is yours. It's a really customizable program, but a great way to make sure every month you're taking that few hundred that you have, that couple of thousand that you have that you want to put aside for this and putting it into the market. Kind of like saving for a down payment on your home. Maybe at some point you want to take all that small silver that you built up and you want to convert it over, maybe have a 100-ounce bar or a few hundred ounces in bar forms, larger forms. A great way to accumulate. It's called the Monthly Buyers Club. If you call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go over to the website guildhallwealth.com, you will find information on the Buyers Club, and we'd be happy to send it out in the free package of information for you. No obligation. It's free of charge. Either it gets sent right to your door or your inbox. You can use that number to get it, and we will be happy to send it out to you. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom When we come back, Jeremy, Rio Tinto, media release, the Argyle Diamond Tender delivered exceptional results. Let's talk about that. More on shortages and different type of account offerings. When we stay tuned, you are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Final segment of The Real Money Show. I want to welcome you back and thank you for staying tuned this week. It's been a show that has gone by very fast. There's been a lot to talk about, Jeremy, and yet again, gold and silver producing results for people welcome them to Guildhall wealth management as clients a successful seminar if you're listening to this on saturday and sunday very full seminar and it was a lot of people a lot of great questions asked and a lot of accounts open so a lot of fun and this right now quick update rio tinto those of you that are diamond owners or have been thinking about it the media release was let out this past week on the 20th of November, and in it, basically what we thought would happen, uh, yet more discussion around the tender and its results and how they were exceptional. All five hero stones got highest per carat bids in history. The bidding on the rest of the lots, of course, is closed biddings, but Rio Tinto did allude to the fact that this set another historical high for per carat bidding, for the pink diamonds and what will be their second to last tender ever it's amazing and the the fact that this mine is you know we know it's now closing we talked about it for years we've always said yeah it's going to be closing they pushed it a couple years and uh over the last uh a couple over the last two years it's just been more and more information coming to light about this closing and we know that this is now the second last tender and once this mine closes, that's it. There's no other source for 90% of the world's pinks. It means in one foul swoop, 90% of the world's supply of pink diamonds disappears forever. 10% of the world's white diamond supply also. That could give a little bit of boost to the white diamond market as well. It will. A much needed boost, mm -hmm. I would assume, at this point. But, uh, you know, pink diamonds are so incredibly rare, as are yellow diamonds of, of high quality high clarity, et cetera, good, strong color, high clarity. And that's something that people are looking for in, in, in a way to invest in something without having the subjectivity that uh, hard asset investing can have. So for example, you know, whether you're investing in wine or art, a lot of these things can be extremely subjective. Whereas with colored diamonds, it's actually pretty easy once you know your four C's and once you know that you go for quality, 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 which equals rarity. And the higher quality the diamond, the more rare that diamond is. So I always laugh because I'll have clients who'll, who'll say something like, 
Well, I really like pink. I'd like to get a, a one carat pink diamond. Okay, that that'll be a million dollars. You know, or it'll be if you're doing a fancy one carat, you're probably into the getting close to a million dollars Canadian. And so you start to understand just how rare these things are when you look at the prices of them. But the prices have experienced little to no volatility through the history of natural fancy color diamonds. Uh, that's because it's there's no there's no financing involved. People who buy these diamonds buy them outright. Right, so there's no one who's in a rush to sell these things at some point if they get into trouble, and uh, if you don't like your price, you hold on and you wait until the right price comes along. So this is a great market for building a portfolio. If you have rainy day money that you can put aside that can continue to grow, I remember a few years back, Darren. What was that uh, story about that couple in Miami who bought a pink diamond and then were surprised when it sold at auction? Well, not only were they surprised, but the price that it received was astronomical. Again, right in line with what we would know to be the norm for the pink diamond market. Uh, but they were taken aback and they could not believe and it made headlines all around that particular area. Do you remember how long they held it? Yeah, I was just trying to think of how long they held it. I it thought was like that 10 it was years. a decade. Yeah, it was yeah. about a decade. And speaking of that, it's an important focal point of holding because it tends to be that re repetition of the 10-year hold. And in fact, uh, Ellen Chergwin from uh, Argyle, who is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing, uh, stated in the media release that across all Argyle diamonds, not just tender stones, but all the SI clarity, I clarity, all the lower clarity diamonds that they rate different on the Argyle scale, they have experienced approximately a 500% jump in 19 years. That's 26 plus percent per year, every year for 19 years. So even if you, even if you didn't know anything about what you were doing and you just bought any old mm -hmm. uh, pink diamond, you've probably done quite well on it. Now imagine if you picked out the quality diamonds, what you'd be getting on that yes. as a return. The ones we've picked out, so to speak, is uh, what we call investment grade. And we'll be talking more about that on coming shows because that is an area where you can not only add to your gold and silver holdings, but also thrive alongside gold and silver taking off. Lots more to come in the weeks uh, leading up to the end of the year. A decade in review. We're going to be doing that show, and please take a chance to go over to our YouTube channels if you want to podcast this show anytime. Just look it up on your favorite streaming service. We'll be there. You have been tuned in to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. We'll help you if you want to own gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds. You've been tuned in to that show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.